Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kylie Knight fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. Covid struck again over Christmas, meaning we've just got one game to review, but it's a good one as we look back at a massive three points picked up in relegation rival Scunthorpe, while we also look ahead to the rearranged fixture this weekend against Bradford City at Brunton Park. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Yeah, Happy New Year. Back, back for the first pod of uh, 2022 and we're in a much better mood, aren't we, at the moment? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, after that mm. one that we did sort of before Christmas, you, me and Dan, you know, for mm. only one of the games to, to go oh, ahead, yeah. it's a bit disappointing, but yeah. We move and and with the the Bradford game obviously being on a Saturday, it's hopefully not going to be too sort of Saturday Tuesday like we sort of had last season. Yeah, indeed, it'll uh, should help things a little bit that the uh, the game be rearranged for this weekend. We we did suggest, didn't we? I think on the um, on the pod yeah. last time that we felt that was probably the likely time. I think maybe they were just waiting to make sure no other games fell foul and there wasn't any other issues and slot it in finally. But yeah, it's. Uh, Nice to have that one sorted, and um, and yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to be reviewing the Scunthorpe game coming up, but uh, my prediction finally came off. Rod McDonald finally scored a goal. <laughs> I can't remember if I predicted him for this game. I think I did. I'll have to go back and check it, but most annoying thing is I did actually have money on Rod McDonald to score in this game, but I also had money in that bet on Jordan Gibson to score, and he obviously fluffed the chance to make it 2-0. So, uh, I-, I think I saw yeah. someone on Twitter had a, an outrageous bet builder that won Thanks to the results, so yeah, yeah, that's what you want to see. That's yeah. what you want to see. Well, we've got a, a busy uh, bit of sort of news and transfer discussion on today's episode. Um, in terms of the review bit, that's probably not going to be too long because n- neither of us or Dan, uh, who's not able to join us sadly today, we were hoping to have all three of us on, weren't we? But Dan's been pulled away at the last minute to to deal with other things. So, um, so yeah, we, we probably won't go into too much depth on the Scunthorpe game and the Bradford preview. We're probably not going to go into as much depth because we have covered it. Before, we'll look at it yeah. maybe from a slightly different angle. We have got a question later on that Dan's asked us. Um, so it's like a question of the week. We're going to do this each week now. There's one question. And uh, whoever's not on the pod or potentially me asking the question, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share that with listeners and they can try and answer it too. So, uh, yeah, let's get into the news, uh, Mike. And this week, it's just transfers, isn't it, basically? Mm. <laughs> Back to a transfer news. Um, yeah, it's basically two in, three out as the January transfer window opens at Brunson Park. Before we actually get onto that, though, a little bit of news broke early this afternoon, didn't it, Mike? That uh, yep. Mark Howard's going to stay for the end of the season, isn't he? Yep. Never doubted the Milt Trayman's contract <laughs> negotiation ability for one second. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good. I mean, for, for him to get seven clean sheets into the team that he came into was frankly a miracle. So I'm, I'm glad that he's here to stay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about this Scunthorpe game later, but I mean, defence has been a, bit, a really big thing this season, hasn't it? Actually, since since Millen's coming, especially, we've looked a lot tighter. Take away that Northampton game, which you know does look like a bit of an aberration, aberration. Sorry, on, on other performances, really, they, we've well, looked you, a lot better you, at the back. You, haven't we? You, you you say the Northampton game, but the Exeter game as well. You know that you can sort of say, "Oh, you know, we had the man sent off and we started bright and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. So th- there hasn't really been any sort of standout. That was an absolute shambles. 
yeah. milling out kind of yeah. games. Do you know what I mean? Northampton's the only one, and that, that looked look, that was just a, a game where everything seemed to go wrong for us, basically, didn't it? Mm. So, so there you go. Um, but yeah, no good news. Tied it down until the end of the season. It looks like him and Magnus Norman are going to be fighting it out for the. Uh, First choice jersey in the goal. Uh, it does suggest that Lucas Jensen's on his way back to Burnley, doesn't it? I think because there's no yeah. way we can have three keepers and well, five just, technically. Yeah, I mean the other two. It looks like one of the, one or two of them might go out on loan, which would be good for their development. So yeah, um, so yeah, no, it's uh, good news that Mark's tied down until the end of the season. Yeah, but um, in terms of transfers, as I mentioned, there two in, three out. Um, yeah, it, it's. It, Pleasing, isn't it, to see a bit of movement early on this time round? You know, we've had we've had issues in the past with this. With even though they said the that there wasn't going to be movement early on, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's true. true. It's a fair point the, that we were our expectations were dampened and uh, they've been risen a little bit. Um, little bit is the operative word there. We've got to be very cautious on that. We'll, mm. we'll come on to that soon. Um, so, I mean, we're expecting a fairly extensive rebuild, in a sense. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of players went out, but there needs to be a couple more coming in at least, doesn't there, Mike? I think to yeah, strengthen things up. Um, let's look at the players who've gone out first, then, Mike. Um, first up, Brad Young. He's returned to Aston Villa after his season-long loan spell was cut short early um, to return to Villa Park. Um, maybe a little bit tad, tad unfortunate compared against the other two players that are leaving this January. Yeah, do you know who Young reminds me of? Mm-hmm. And it's another loney that we had a couple of years ago, Jack Marriott. Yeah, and he, he sort of he looked lively and he'd get in the right places, but he just couldn't finish finish off, kind of thing. And Mar- Marriott's gone on to have a, a, a very good career for himself, yeah. but yeah. you know he, he, he just couldn't quite get that goal. And I think he may well go somewhere else, you know, scoring his debut and just be all all guns blazing. But it mm. just didn't really take off with us. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he showed little glimpses of promise, but I don't think he's quite EFL level yet, is he? I mean, that's one of the problems. He's, he's coming to a side. I don't think he's helped by the fact that the senior players around him have been appalling. <laughs> they, they, they're the ones who've let us down massively, if you're being honest. And, you know, not to name names or anything, but, you know, Clough and Abrahams were the two big summer signings. And they've been nowhere near the level we expected them to be. And as a result, Young's probably had to play a bit more than he expected. He might have been expecting to come off the bench a bit more early on. Probably he's coming off the bench when we're chasing games and we're desperate for goals. Yeah. And instantly the pressure's on his shoulders. You forget, he's only a little bit older than Sam Fishburne. Mm. He's not like a you know a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old coming into the squad. Mm. So it's difficult for him. Um, I have to say as well, I, I was always impressed with his attitude and his sort yeah. of willingness for the shirt. I mean, you, you, you've seen so many young loanees come from Premier League, sort of under 23s or whatever, and they don't really want to be here. Men's football is a completely different game for them, and they're like a, a fish out of water, aren't they? But he, he really, mentally, you know, he, he was spot on. Yeah, I think... If it- you're skirting around the obvious name of Elias Sorensen there. Mike, I think it's fair <laughs> well, to say. there's there's other names that you could give yeah. as well. To but be I mean, he's the obvious one there because there was yeah. high expectations when he came in on loan and he uh, failed miserably. Basically, you know, the fact that he's now left Newcastle tells you all you need to know there. But yeah, you're right. He certainly worked hard, and that, that'll stand him in good stead. I think for wherever he goes next. I think someone like a Solly Moore's in the National League or even maybe down to Kidderminster in the National League North, somewhere like that. Or maybe he needs to move away from Villa still. I don't know, but. You know, that National League, National League North level, probably about the right thing for him at the moment. Get some goals and get some confidence into him because I, th- I think he'll probably prove us wrong in the long term. Well, not prove us wrong, but show us that he was a good player in the long term. 
I do think there's potential there. I think one of his problems, as you mentioned, is he's coming from under 23 football. And sometimes he felt he had a bit more time of the ball than he really had. Yeah. And I think he struggled a little bit to get his head around that. The fact that he maybe needed to play the ball off a bit a few times rather than take on four or five men, which you'll get away with at under 23 level. You won't get away with that against Shrewsbury in the FA Cup, for example, or a, yeah. you know, against a, a, a tough Forest Green side in the league. Things like that, you're going to get found out a little bit. So, so yeah, good luck to the lad. And, you know, it goes with our best wishes and, you know, pro- probably the right thing for both parties, I think it's fair to say. Uh, next one, Jonathan Dinsey. I mean, God, he's got me. It's not the lad's fault, but he's probably one of the most pointless signings we've made in recent seasons, hasn't he? Yeah. Definitely. Just, I, I don't get it. He looked like a deer in the headlights up against Jamil Matt in that one league appearance he made. I mean, he started off okay in that game, but as soon as Matt got to grips with him, he, he really struggled, didn't he? It was a bit of a baptism of firelight, but yeah. It, I mean, like you've said here, you know, obviously we lost Hayden on the 8th of August and Dinsé joined on the 31st, for, uh, you know, f- five minutes to well, before he, the deadline. He, he was announced 15 minutes after the deadline. Yeah. So he must have been signed pretty much on the deadline. Yeah. And I, I said at the time, I wasn't convinced that anybody had physically seen him play. I mean, to be fair, that happens with a lot of signings now. There's a lot of them you don't really quite often see them play live. Mm. It's, sometimes you have to rely on, you know, the, the Y scout and things like that and uh, whatnot. But I mean, it is a real indictment of how shockingly poor David Holdsworth recruitment was last summer. Yeah. Like you said there, Hayden left on the 8th. 23 days later, we finally signed his replacement. And it was a, you know, probably sixth or seventh choice centre-back at, at Arsenal. Probably even let more than that, actually, because they probably put, you know, midfield plays and stuff in there before he even got anywhere near the first team there. Mm. You know, he was never, ever going to be anywhere near our first team level. And to have three weeks and not find a decent replacement for Hayden was, was just dreadful. Mm. Really, um, really not good enough. And But, you know, while you're, while you're slacking off Holdsworth recruitment there, um, Carlisle United Official Supporters Club released a statement today saying that they think the... Blues board deserve credit for the recruitment process. Yeah, <laughs> let, let, less less said about that, the better. I think it's fair to say. I mean, I, I saw that today. That um, yeah. article on the News and Star site, and yeah, give them credit for building up the transfer with war chest. Despite the fact that the reason we need that transfer war chest to get us out of problems mm. is because we sold those players in the first place to make money. Yeah. I know you have to sell them. That's fair enough. You know that that happens with clubs, but. The fact that it wasn't invested in in August last last year, yeah, yeah, we we could go on a while about that, couldn't we? But yeah, yeah. I mean, we might as well have just put Jack Ellis in the first team squad and given him some experience. Mm. That mm. it would have been better for us in the long term because mm. Dinsey clearly wasn't up to it, and yeah, the, the way Holdsworth crowed on at the time about you know we've we've done a real got a real favour in getting this player in and stuff like that. It wasn't a favor. We were doing them a favor, showing him the real world, basically. Mm. But there you go. You know, best luck to the lad. Look, I think he's going to have to drop down to National League level at least, possibly National League South, because he doesn't look anywhere near ready. Does he have a Wikipedia page now? He does. I did check that earlier today, actually. So he's got got something out of his move to us, hasn't he? He's got his Wikipedia page. So well (laughs) done to the lad. Last one up of the free leaving, uh, Keelan Leslie. I I think a lot of fans probably forgot he was even in the first team squad. Bless him. Um, Been allowed to leave after the expiry of his six month contract. I mean, it was always a bit of a cheap gamble, really, wasn't it? To see if he kicked on. Because he's one of those players who probably has a bit of talent, but you're not sure if he's quite ready for football league level yet and we found out pretty quickly it wasn't it's not going to have cost us a massive amount of money I don't really have a problem with this one and 
You know, he's, he's going to have to rebuild his career, maybe go to work in Annan Kendall somewhere like that. Maybe get himself a, a job. Because I think it wasn't he... I think he had a, a job lined up at Sellafield or something like that, didn't he? Before he actually got offered his six-month contract. I think so, yeah. I seem to remember reading that. So, you know, good, good luck to the ladder. I hope he does prove us wrong again. And you know what? Joining a club like Workington right now is not, not necessarily a bad thing for a young player because they're really flying in the way they're playing mm. over the last few years. So, so yeah, whether he ends up back there, he had a loan spell there early season, I don't know. But, uh, yep, yeah, good luck to him. Let's get on to the players in then, uh, Mike. Um... First up, we've paid a fee, an undisclosed one, but we paid a fee for Joel Senior, who signed from Ultranum on a 18-month contract. I mean, it's an interesting signing, this one, isn't it? It's not mm. the first kind of player we would have expected the club to sign in January, is it? No, it's, it's, it sounds like a, a promising addition. I mean, you know, if you ask a lot of fans what position do we need, I don't think many of them would have said right back, uh, necessarily, but... Mella could potentially become a centre back. I don't possibly, know. possibly. Yeah. I think I, I, I. It's one of those ones, isn't it? I mean, he, apparently he can cover left back as well. Actually, it was interesting. I was listening to a interview with the uh, alternate manager Phil Parkinson. He's not the Phil Parkinson that's in charge at Wrexham, is it? It's confusing. That there's two Phil mm. Parkinsons in the uh, in the National League. Um, but yeah, he he mentioned the fact that he can cover left back as well. So it sounds like he's, he's a useful player in that sense. He could cover for armour or get some competition in that position too. But um, yeah, he started out FC United and Manchester. Actually, he started out on Main Road FC, which is the very lowest level of uh, football. Um, he had a spell with Curzon Ashton after FC United, and then he actually got snapped up by Burnley. Um, and he was in there under 23s for, I think, a season. And then they let him go. Uh, he's ended up at Altrinum, and he's been excellent for them in the last two seasons, hasn't he? In the way he's played, you look at it, he's, he's, he's nine assists this season already, actually. Yeah, he's from quite right good up. going. Yeah, he hasn't scored a goal in his career yet, so that's something he probably does need to add to his game. But mm. all the talk is that basically he's, he's, he's an attacking fullback. He loves to get forward, loves a bit of skill, loves a step over. So it could be a really exciting addition. Because I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether he does feature much early on, because I think Mella's a decent player, actually, and I don't ever have any issues with him at the moment. Well, so, a, a, another thing could be that, you know, the way that Millen, you know, has been lining up is sort of uh, 4-4-2-ish. Um, that's because of the players that he's inherited, yeah. but he, he might prefer to be a sort of 3-5-2 with wing-backs thing, maybe. I don't know. Mm, might be an option. Then, then obviously, you can use Dickinson and uh, Armour on the left, can't you? And then Millen yeah. and Senior on the, on the right. So, um, yeah, an interesting one. Like I said, not a position we, we particularly thought we needed, but... It might be just one of those ones. You look and think, this lad's a real talent and we think he could actually make us a bit of money and could be a really mm. big player for us. Yeah. Let's just get him signed up. We think he's going to be better than what we've got, then great. You know, that's that sometimes does happen. Mm. Uh, so that's your first edition. Um, second edi- edition, <laughs> Tyrese Omotoye on a six-month loan from Norwich City. The Belgian-born forward, his parents actually from Nigeria and he said that that's who he wants to represent international level, having... Appeared, I think, once for Belgian under 16s in the past. Um, he started out at Cray Wanderers, actually, and he was snapped up as a youth by Norwich. Uh, progressed through the ranks with the Canaries to earn a pro deal. He's had loan spells at Swindon Town in League One and later on in this season in League Two, but probably safe to say neither of them were particularly successful, were they? Um, was recalled from Orient after just four appearances and zero goals. He's on a bit of a downward spiral with them loan spells as well, well isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is the thing that stands out for me. Um, when we signed Josh Coyote from Rotherham, for example, he was on an upward trajectory. He'd had a loan spell at Gateshead, 
He'd had a loan spell at Chesterfield. He'd been gradually sort of working and improving how he was doing. And then we signed him on loan and he obviously did even better at League 2 level and now he's playing at League 1 level. With Amatoya, you just get the impression he's, sort of, he's heading down to try and find his level. Mm. And that's a little bit worrying that he's been at Orient this season at this level and couldn't push into the team there. And we, we, I actually contacted the um, the guys from the Lowdown podcast that we spoke to a lot last season, the Leighton Orient guys. And the first things they said was, he, too lightweight, you know, not you know, needs to bulk up, needs to toughen up really and get himself ready. Doesn't really look strong enough for, but he will score against them is what he said, said, (laughs) which he's probably nailed on to be fair. But, um, I mean, he did score a hat-trick in the Peter Trophy for Norwich under 23s against Newport County. There's some good goals in that hat-trick actually, if you've seen it. It's on, I think John Coleman put it up on uh, the News and Star website. But, um, we do wish the lad all the best, don't we? We really do hope he does well. But it's not one that really fills us with confidence, is it? No, that's the thing. And especially with Young going out the other way, it's like, is he better than Young? You know, yeah, And you'd think Young would be more up to speed. He's been training with us and yeah, yeah. maybe he hasn't done enough to get in there. Then fair enough, you want to refresh things. But if you're going to do that, you you want someone who's been playing regularly. Like I said, you, you want to maybe look to the National League and see if there's anyone down there. Maybe not. I mean, you're not necessarily going to get somebody who's scored like 10 or 15 goals, but somebody who's scored six or seven or something. And then you think, right, yeah. let's get them in on loan and... I don't know if there is any tomorrow. I haven't looked, so I'm 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 making a judgment there a little bit. But but yeah, it's it kind of strikes me we're just we're taking a punt on it on him. Mm. It should be noted actually that obviously Keith Millen was scouting for Leighton Orient this summer, wasn't he? Mm. So you wonder if That's he's true. a player that he's watched in the past and knows him from that. Mm. So yeah, it, it, it's a hard one to judge that, isn't it? I mean, I, I really do hope the lad does well, but. He's not exactly one you think, right, he's going to go straight into the starting eleven, is he? No, exactly. And given the players that we have available in our starting eleven, that doesn't bode too well for him. But yeah, like you say, we wish him well and I guess I guess we'll have to see with him. Oh, I hope I hope, I hope prove wrong. I really do. But it, it strikes me as a... Come, come uh, May, he'll have made maybe 16 appearances, two goals, if that... That's that's the kind of feeling you get with this yeah. sort of loan saying, don't you? But if them two goals are winning goals, you know. Yeah, but what I'd say is at least we've got him in early in January, and we can have a get, get try and get him to speed as quickly as possible, and we don't yeah. sign him on deadline day, and he's coming in and not able to get in the team like a George Waring or something like that. So, <laughs> so there you go. There's a blast from the past. Um, let's move on to a couple of rumours then, uh, Mike. Uh, Brandon Comley reportedly training with the club. Is the rumour. Apparently he's been training with us for a week or two. Um, obviously he had a loan spell with us from QPR in the 2015-16 season. He would offer something a little bit different, wouldn't he, to the team? Yeah, loves to tackle, doesn't he? he, he like I said, he'll tackle his granny, wouldn't he? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a tough lad, I remember that, and I've been impressed with the fact that he worked hard and he certainly wasn't afraid of putting his foot in. So mm. I don't think we've really got a play like that in the midfield with a bit of energy. Not Do really, it? no. I mean, Guy sort of he he sometimes sits deeper, but he's mm. more about interceptions than he is crunching tackles, isn't he? Definitely, and he's more about spreading the play a little bit as well, isn't he? Mm. Rather than that. So interesting to see if anything develops on that one. Um, uh, the usual EFL transfer Twitter accounts uh, are getting to work, aren't they, with their rumours? Um, the latest one: uh, Amari Patrick returning to Brunton Park on loan. He probably does need to get out of. Burton on loan somewhere to get a bit of game time but 
to be honest, if I was him, I'd probably be looking to go somewhere else rather than coming back here. I think he could probably go to a team higher up in League Two, maybe. I don't yeah. think it's one of those ones. You, once you've left after that, after you know you've gone to League One to try and show you can play at a higher level, you don't really want to end up going back on loan to the same club, do you? Six months later. No, I mean it's a bit of a weird one because the way people are going on, they're making out like it's like prime Michael Bridges coming back, and yeah. you know he was he was decent for his like, but I don't know. But I mean for me, our forward line has lacked pace this season. Like other other teams, yeah. we don't have the players that will make their defense sit deep because they're scared of us, you know, catching them out in behind. So yeah, we could do with a bit of pace, uh, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Carlisle fans, and they're just obsessed with <laughs> with ex players. But always are, always yeah. are, aren't they? But yeah, now it's it's one of those ones. I think we could, um, we, yeah, we we maybe need to. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd have him back. I'd have him back. On which note, Mike, um, just a couple more points before we get to the match for you a bit. Who who do we want us to sign? I mean, what? what any names that come to mind on and any areas in particular you think we need to strengthen or the type of play we need? Uh, it's hard to think of names per se, but experienced striker, definitely. Um, and maybe just another sort of utility player. Uh, the sort of left-sided Corey Whelan that Dan sort of said a while ago. Uh, and I, I think that's it, to be honest. I, I think numbers-wise... We're kind of all right, you know. Midfield, we've still got Charters and and, and Dixon, um, who I'd like to see play a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I do wonder if, if if Dixon going out on loan might be a smart move. Actually, to be honest, given mm. a bit of game time, Charters again. I'd like to see him play a little bit more, like you. Um, I don't know. I, I think we we definitely need an experience forward. I think just some old head in there. To give a bit of um, you know, knowledge there. They don't have to be a goal scorer because I think, I think the fans need to be a bit more realistic. Because I hear this talk, oh, he's not going to score ten, fifteen goals. He's not a, a goal scorer, is he? No goal scorer is going to come to us. That, yeah. That's that's a re- that's realistically what people need to realise. Yeah. Why would they come to us? We're struggling down near the bottom. Chances are, if they're a player who's capable of scoring goals, a team that's challenging for the playoffs is more likely to get them in, aren't they? Yeah. Realistically, we're probably looking at an experienced player. Maybe he chips in seven or eight, maybe nine goals a season mm. up front. You know, as a one in four strike rate, mm. but they're a, they're a real presence. They're a target mm. man. They're maybe a nasty piece of work, basically. And someone at Fishburne could learn a lot from as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of we need. And I, I don't know who that plays. I probably need to have a maybe next week. We'll come back and we'll we'll talk about some names. We'll have a look, mm. do a bit of research into what but, you think we could. Yeah, I mean, I said a while ago, uh, you know, someone who's sort of at a championship or League One club and just isn't getting game game time, and they sort of they don't have a, too long left on the contract, and they need to be playing football to sort of show that they've still got it, kind of thing. Uh, obviously, I don't know a name that fits that fits that bill, but there'll, there'll be someone out there because I think you know a lot of reserve football, you know, certainly for us, has been on the back burner with COVID and stuff. There hasn't yeah. been so much of it. So, yeah, somebody who just isn't playing and, and want, wants to wants to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, signing a player on over in Norwich as well it does have me concerned because, you know, 
Something Millen did mention in his interview talking about Dinze going back was that he was a young lad, long way away from home, not playing much, and it was difficult for him. I mean, what happens if the same happens for Omatoya? Mm. <laughs> and then suddenly he's, he's he's miles away from home, and you know he, he he's not very happy or whatever. It's going to be tough for him mm. if that happens. That's why I think. Oh, I think. Oh, why don't we go back to something tried and you know tried and tested? Like we used to get a lot of play from Middlesbrough. I don't yeah. know if there's anyone in Middlesbrough potentially look up. I mean, I know Graham Kavanagh's son's in the set up there. I think he's a little bit too young to come on. I think he might be 17, but you know, there must be the odd player there that potentially could come in or something. I don't know. It's yeah, although um, it's experience, we need more than more than anything in it. I mean, Middlesbrough generally harbour a lot of like under 23s in the, in their sort of uh, yeah. fringes of the team. They don't keep hold of too many. Uh, no, no, that's that's, that's that's what I say. No, in terms of that. You know, young players signing on. Yeah. That that's the kind of young players I would have liked to have seen us sign. But yeah. as it is, we just we just seem to be looking at you know young players from miles away. You know, at the end of the day, couldn't do it at Leighton Orient, who mm. in the top half of the division. So, oh well, but yeah, we'll have a look at that. But like I said, experience head. We need at least one experience head coming in in January. What position that is, I don't know, but that needs to be happening. Right, let's get into the match review, Mike. Um, yeah, so. Had to wait three weeks to play another fixture, but United certainly didn't look rusty for this one as they picked up a comfortable 1-0 win against Gunthorpe United at Glanford Park, um, making it actually consecutive 1-0 away wins at relegation rivals. That's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, you think about it, you lose those two games, suddenly you're three points adrift at the bottom. Mm. And that's when concern was set in. So it's two big results in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of them as well. If we if we'd have managed to beat Scunthorpe in the, in the home game, I mean, would be would be miles away from. I mean, we we barely deserved that point in that game <laughs> against yeah. them. To be fair, that we were awful that day. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was um, followed up a week later, wasn't it, by the uh, wonderful performance at Sutton United. So um, <laughs> there you go. Um, defensive solidity, as we mentioned before, that's once again key and. It looks like it's going to be a play a big part for United this season, doesn't it, Mike? Because mm-hmm. goals are still proven very hard to come by at the other end, and like we mentioned, it's going to be a bit much to expect the young lad from Norwich to be scoring, you know, ten or fifteen goals before the end of the season. So yeah, I mean, but yeah. I mean, Scunthorpe under Keith Hill have been very hard to beat, and yeah. you know, very hard to get a result from. So I mean, this is for us to score against them as well. You know, it's easy to to laugh with them, sort of. Struggling down there, but you know, it 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 looks good for us to score against them because there's been better teams than us who who haven't managed to. No, absolutely. Um, just a few talking points. Obviously, the main one: concrete rod, the match winner. Who would have thought that? Eh? Well, I did. To be fair, <laughs> um, yeah, probably the most unexpected source for a goal in the team outside of Mark Howard. I think it's fair to say uh, Rod McDonald headed home the winner. On fourth minutes from a Callum Guy corner, I mean, he did take a big deflection to send it past the keeper, but it was on target, so it's Rod's yeah, goal. But if, if you're in the box and you're doing them kind of things, you know, I've, I've said it before when we've conceded own goals. If other teams are in your box and they're causing you problems, that's when you're going to score an own goal, or, you know, so that's when you're going to have a deflection go past the keeper. So if you're not asking questions of the opposition defence or their keeper, you're not going to score them kind of goals. Yeah, he's been getting better and better as well, hasn't he? Um, McDonald yeah. doing that. I think in the last, I don't know, five or six weeks, it seems that Millen's getting the best out of him for that. Whereas 
Chris Beach never was, was he really? <laughs> to be honest, he wasn't really a, a massive threat on set pieces at all, whereas he's hit the bar a few times in recent games. And this is actually his first goal for United and his first goal for any team in over five years. <laughs> it's an astonishing start, that, isn't it? He's, yeah. It just does show you really that he, you know, it's a bit much to expect him to be a goal threat for us. But, you know, hopefully it'll be one of those ones where, you know, he's got one now and he'll... You'll grab a few. Um, but it's weird though because we've had like shorter centre halves who have scored like so many more goals. Like I think Peter Murphy was probably five ten, wasn't he? Five eleven. Yeah, it's it, it's not always about how tall you are, is it? It's about how, no, no, how, how you're able to leap and how you're able to time and make yeah. your runs and things like that. And mm. hopefully that's something that Millen's been working on. Millen himself was a centre back, so you know yeah. that probably helps a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be underestimated how good he was defensively as well, though, should it, Mike? Because he's mm. he's really stepped up you know, since that Northampton game. He's been a, di- a different player altogether, hasn't he? He almost looks like a quiet leader in the team, doesn't he? He's not. I don't think he's ever going to be somebody you'd want to make captain necessarily. But he, he just gets on with his job, and he and he's no nonsense, no fuss, and he's been using the ball well as well, which make, makes a big difference. Well, this sort of seamlessly rolls into your next point, doesn't it? Because building up a good understanding with, with Morgan Feeney because for me Feeney is is a, is a talker and that's that's what we've needed a lot of mm-hmm. him I've, I've always rated him and I, I hope he can can stay fit and, and stay in the team because I think he's a very very good defender well he's very quietly isn't he just just doing his business at the moment and he's and he's just going along he's, he's sort of he's sort of almost unnoticed the fact that he's now a first choice pick in defence. Yeah, exactly. He's just I, kind of, I, only, I, in there, I literally only just realised he was there. I was like, oh, Corey Whelan's not first choice anymore. Because I saw some mm. people on, on Twitter mentioning that they felt Whelan's been excellent this season. I, I fit, personally think it's a little bit of an over-exaggeration to say he's excellent. Yeah. I don't think you can really say anybody's been excellent this season, no. if I'm you honest. You can't say you know. he's been poor either. No, he hasn't been poor. But what I say is he started well. I feel like he stagnated a little bit. But I think partly that's because we've not really pinned pin down a position for him. We've been using him in midfield and at right back and all over yeah. the place, really. So it's it's tough for him in that sense. But I, I, I feel he's got a bit of a challenge to get himself back into the defence if that's where he wants to play. Also, he's been used in midfield in the last few games, so maybe that's where he'll end up playing. Possibly, I don't know. But but yeah, Feeney just just getting on with his job, and he's one of those ones now where you think, yeah, okay, you keep going, and then. You know, we'll get him tied down for another year, probably. So, really, really good to see the understanding them two are getting, and it's making a big difference. I mean, you look at it. What in the last four games we've conceded one goal? Is it? Mm. That was the goal against um, Mansfield Town. Can't think before that as well. Do we have a nil? In fact, we had. Do we have a nil-nil before that as well? Trying to think off the top of my head, it. I've got the. Fi- yeah. It's one of these things I should really have the fixtures up in front of me, shouldn't I? Really, so give me two seconds. I will double check on that. Um, but yeah, no, that, defensive solidity. That that's that's the massive thing for us at the moment. We need we need to keep that going. We need to keep getting results where we can. Um, we well, we we lost against Harrogate and Exeter. I forgot about those two. So so there you go. But generally, we're not conceding goals, are we? That's that's the key thing. Last four. Yeah, exactly. Us, so. And you know, before Millen came in. You know, we were conceding quite a few yeah. and sloppy goals as well. So, yeah, I mean, between sort of him and Howard both coming in at a similar sort of time, they've really helped steady, steady the ship. Absolutely. Um, moving on, one issue we've got to bring up is once again, we had a patchwork attack, didn't we? Um, reinforcing the need to get extra quality added in into attack in the January transfer window. 
18-year-old Sam Fishburne, you know, still still a white yes at the end of the day. You know, that's mm. that's still got to be remembered. And John Mellish, Mellish um, defender, midfielder, striker, playing wherever you want, basically. <laughs> uh, led the line manfully, but not having that much impact in terms of chances. I, I, I did, I admit, you know, we, we don't talk about the Peter Striver on this programme, but I do try and watch the YouTube highlights just to see if there's anything interesting or of use to talk about on the programme. And it, and, it, and it did look actually like Mellish was quite impressive in that game. Yeah. He seemed to be doing a lot of running and, you know, he seemed to be leading the line quite well. So maybe he just started to pick up a few things. It's just incredible, isn't it? Move him to any position, he just starts to pick bits up, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So maybe that will be his long-term position for us. But, um, but yeah, it, it, we need additions there because, again, Abrahams hasn't been good enough when he comes in and Clough just isn't up to it at the moment either. So... Mm. We need something in there, and, and uh, like I said, Mampala. To be honest, he's one I'd look to move on in January as well because he's just not been good enough. Either. He's not been ready for this level. Yeah, I mean, um, f- for me, I mean, it seems that Milan has been preferring a four-four-two, and the sort of question for a while wasn't it? it was, oh, should we play Mellish or Clough, or how's it going to work? But for me, if you set the team up to sort of suit John Mellish and let him do what he likes to do, we've done a lot better in them games than the games where we've set the team up for Zach Clough and let him do what he yeah. does. Do you know what I mean? So Trace, for me, Mellish should be playing ahead of Clough. Well, it down. looks like Riley came on at half time for Fishburne in the midweek game, didn't he, Bugs things? And mm. from what I've read, that second half is when we caused a lot of problems. And we must have been playing 4-3-3 because Riley would have dropped into midfield, I'm guessing. I, mm. I, I don't know whether Gibson moved up front or they just played with Gibson and Dickinson either side, but that shows maybe four three three with Mellish as the lone striker is another option possibly. I, I, I don't know, but you know, we, I don't know enough about that game in midweek to, to, yeah. to comment that any more deeply than that. Um, final point, Mike. Just got to say, here, one thing that might have been overlooked how how much of a good day it was to get a win, really, because mm. I mean, you look at the results. You know, we're the only side in the bottom six to win their game. Mm. Scunthorpe, obviously, <laughs> they lost, but Stevenish, Colchester, and Barrow all lost as well, and Oldham. Uh, could only pick up a, a point in a nil-nil draw. So in terms of pulling away from the bottom and dragging more teams into the fight, it's a huge result, isn't it, really? Yeah, and it's it's another one on Saturday. We can leapfrog, I think, two teams if mm. you know if results go in our favour on Saturday and really sort of catch up to the middle of the pack, which is obviously where Bradford are. Yeah, that, 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 that's a you know, big opportunity, isn't it, in that sense? I mean, they're only, what, seven points ahead of us at the moment, mm. so... You win and suddenly they're only four points behind you. So mm. could, could be a really, really big opportunity that. So, uh, so there you go. Right, we'll take a break now, Mike, and we'll be back shortly to do the preview of the Bradford game. So we'll be back soon. back for part two of the Brunt and Bugle this week. Um, just to remind everyone, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, via all good podcast apps, you know, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcast, Acast, who we uh, actually host our podcast. It's a really good place to, to get the podcast. Um, 
yeah if you click subscribe it'll come every time we release an episode it'll come straight into your little inbox on your podcast app and if you can review us on any of those apps uh, particularly on apple we really really appreciate it we've got fantastic reviews on there even if it's just literally leaving us five stars you know that'd be really really kind if you can write a little bit of text as well brilliant um and obviously you can follow us on social media at brunt and bugle on twitter brunt and bugle just search for that on facebook you'll find us there um email us brunt at gmail.com and we're on the be just and fair not facebook group and we're also on the cumbrians.net message board as well um another reminder our sponsor this season for the second half of the show is uh the cal united supporters club london branch the london branch is open to all cal united fans they've got members from cornwall to dundee and houston to singapore and of course every part of london and the southeast they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and supporters games and also do fundraising for the club They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. And Mike, while we're recording, I've just spotted there, Dan's just sent us a WhatsApp. Keith Millen's confirmed that Brandon Comley has been training with the club. Mm. So there you go, it's not just a rumour now, it's officially confirmed as we're recording. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? But uh, yeah, he wants to have a look at him apparently, so uh, we're interested to see if anything develops from that any further. He doesn't have the afro anymore by the looks of things. No, he doesn't. He's had a much closer cut, hasn't he? Um, well, let's get into the Bradford preview section, Mike. Um, there's no catching up with the opposition section this week as we spoke to uh, Bradford fan before Christmas. So if you want to hear what Brad fans have got to say, go and listen to that, basically. The, it was a couple of episodes ago, wasn't it, I think? Mm. Um, so you'll get your stuff there. Um, it's a free clock kick off this game. Um in terms of refereeing officials, it's exactly the same as it was for the original games. Andy Haynes from uh, Tyne and Weir. It's his 15th season's EFL referee. He's taken charge of 19 games this season so far, handing out 50 bookings and no red cards. He's actually not taken charge of a game since the 7th of December. So he hasn't actually taken charge of a game since he was supposed to be referee for our match. Uh, so all, all his other games must have been called off because of COVID as well. Um, last took charge of United for the... 2-1 home defeat to Cheltenham Town last season and no players were booked that day. Um, head-to-head record, played them 54 times in our history. Quite a low number, actually. I thought it would have been more. Um, 19 wins to United, 14 draws and 21 wins to the Bantams. So yeah, Mike, Bradford City. Um, I think it's fair to say a team that we expected better things of this season, isn't it? I think we, we all thought they were going to be up there in the playoffs with... Derek Adams in charge. Yeah, and it's quite a running theme with them, isn't it? That sort of seems to pan out like them, like that for them every year, really. And certainly more recent weeks, they've been struggling a bit. You know, uh, obviously they beat Bradford, they beat sorry Barrow on uh, on Saturday, but they're in a bit of a rut at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they failed to beat Scunthorpe. You know, goalless draw with Colchester. These are there for the taking. Yeah, I think one issue we had before Christmas was they had quite a few injuries to forwards, didn't they? And yeah. annoyingly, they're all back now. Yeah, <laughs> well, at least some very of them convenient are back anyway. them calling off that game. Right? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Really, really, really convenient. But there you go. Um, I mean, I mean, last season they finished in fifteenth in League Two. But actually, this season they're currently in twelfth, so they're not really doing much better at the moment, are they? No. I think. I think we all expect them to be in at least the playoffs. We thought it might take a little bit of time for mm. them to settle under Adams, but it's. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got 29 points at the moment. The nine positions and seven points ahead of United. So, not, not a massive gap just now, is there? And, you know, and a win, like I said, would would tighten that to four points and bring it really close. Um, 
as I mentioned there, Derek Adams, the manager, was appointed in the summer of 2021. He's got contract till June 2024. It's quite a long contract, isn't it, for League Two mm. level? Three years. It just seems a lot of the bigger clubs tend to do that though. When they when they poach a manager, they, they they give them these long deals, don't they? Yeah. Whereas we always give them eighteen months basically <laughs> and then extend by a year when we have to, don't we? So uh mm. so yeah, I mean his record's pretty good though, isn't it, Mike? Actually when you look at it, he's he's yeah. done quite a bit. He's won a couple of promotions uh, in um in Scotland with Ross County, got them into this SPL actually. Um with Plymouth he he finished in the top three to win promotion in twenty sixteen, seventeen. Um, the season where United failed in the playoffs. And uh, in a League 2 playoff winner with Morecambe last season. And he's also won the PFA Scotland Manager of the Year in 2011-12, the season he got promoted to the SPL with Ross County. Um, so he's... Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's one that... Um, I think a lot of us expected of going there, but it's one of those ones... Sometimes if you do it well at a club like Morecambe, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to a club like Bradford, does it? No, exactly. We've seen it that happen quite a few times. Um, but I would have thought that it, <laughs> they'd still be doing a lot better than they are. It's, it's yeah. bizarre. I mean, uh, especially when you look at their attacking options. I mean, look, look, looking at their squad, Mike. Hmm. In attack, they've got Andy Cook, Lee Angle, Alex Gilliard. I know he can play midfield a bit. Charles Vernon, Theo Robinson, hmm. Colin um, Lavery. Abo Isa, I oh, know he's out for the season though with injury, and they've signed Dion Pereira on loan from Luton um, just this week. Actually, he, he's available for them this weekend. Plenty of good attacking options there, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Like on 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 paper, it's hard to see exactly where the problems are. Really, it's. I would say, was even in midfield. Actually, I mean, Callum Cook's been a, a really good player for them. He was a Peter, wasn't he? I think for a mm. bit. Uh, Elliot Watt, more on him in a second, actually. Um, he, he's done well there. And, and Janssen, at, you know, Janssen at Song at, is it Sonogo? I don't know how to pronounce it. I haven't it. got a clue. But um, yeah, he, he did really well at Morecambe, didn't he, last season? Mm. Um, and defensively, I mean, there's some good players there. Niall Canavan. I think most teams at this level would, would happily have a centre-back of his quality mm. in their squad, wouldn't they? So it, it, it is a hard one to judge as to, to maybe where it's not... Maybe there needs to be a little bit more quality in defence. Maybe a little bit more strength in midfield. I'm not sure. But attacking-wise, like I said, they've got so many options. They should be doing a lot better, actually. Yeah. Than they currently are. Um, in, the, in terms of the form, they're, they're actually 16th in the last six games form table. Mm. As you mentioned there, the record recently is drawn, lost, three draws and then a win. United are actually in eighth in the form table now. Hmm. Which is pretty good going, to be fair. So yeah. it shows that we're doing. Well, we, we, I think we were sort of bottom of three of the form table most weeks. So, oh, we, 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 were, we were right down at the bottom for about yeah. seven or eight weeks, I think, and now mm. we're, we're getting right up there, which is, is good news. A couple of little bits of Bradford City news the last few weeks. Obviously, you mentioned there they signed Don Pereira on loan from Luton until the end of the season. Um, they knocked back a bizarre takeover attempt, didn't they, just before Christmas? Mm. From a crypto startup firm in America, was it was it Wagme United or something? Or Wig Wigman United, or something like that. I think it was called. Something set up bizarre. Something weird. I mean, when you look into it, they were banging on about NFTs and stuff like that. I mean, I have a vague understanding of NFTs, but if, if anyone's wondering at home, what's an NFT? Don't go and look it up because you you don't want to end up down the minefield of potentially getting involved in that nonsense. Mm. Basically, you're but you're buying an imaginary. Receipts, basically, aren't you? Of images and things. It's, it's, it's yeah. and if we get, and honestly, if we get any crypto people messaging us about this or tweeting and saying, "Oh no, it's not this," you're getting blocked. I don't care what you <laughs> say. 
I, I, I've got no time for NFTs and all that rubbish. It's... I mean, the, the 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 thing was is like these Americans were sort of saying that investing in, in an English football club is like there's like no risk or low risk. I can't remember exactly what they said. If but... it doesn't, if it, don't, if it doesn't work, well, there's no risk. It's like well, there is to the club. You know, yeah, the exactly. Future. You know, the fans, the community. Like, if the football club goes tits up, like people have lost everything. I mean, they had this idea, didn't they? That, that basically. General football fans would go out and buy these NFTs, uh, you know, to, to help, and that NF money would go into supporting, the, you know, the club and getting up the leagues. It's like they don't seem to understand the tribal nature of football. Over, I, I wouldn't buy an NFT to support Bradford City. No one would, no. <laughs> unless they're a Bradford fan. And even then, I think they'd, they'd be mad to do it. It's, mm. yeah, it's nonsense, isn't it? Basically, so yeah, I think they've they've very much dodged a bullet there. I think it's fair to say, and I think that, to be fair, I think their own straight away were like. This is nonsense. Go away, basically. Didn't they? they basically essentially said so. So there you go. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that our owners don't even, even touch that. You know, I know we're desperate for takeovers and stuff, but believe me, we could do a lot worse <laughs> than we are right now. Yeah. And something like that, I think, would be worse. But there you go. Um, other bit of news with them actually is that uh, talk about Elliot. What we mentioned before, he's been linked with a move. The Championship side Blackpool. He was actually linked with Norwich earlier this week as well, wasn't he? Interesting one, that one. Mm. Yeah, because he's, he, he, you feel like he's not really set the world alight at Bradford so far. I mean, last season he didn't really do that great, did he? But he seems well, to be settling down a bit now. I think when you spoke to the Bradford fan uh, earlier in the season, he was saying that yeah. Watt's been sort of like chalk and cheese. Like some fans love him and some don't like him. And he's always trying to do like the Hollywood passes rather than, you know, the simple five-yard passes kind of thing. I think a play with him with such a quality delivery on set pieces as well is always going to have a bit of value, isn't he? There's always going to be clubs looking thinking, easy, useful play. Because even if at championship level, they can think, right, we can throw him on for the last 20 and get him taking all the free kicks into the box and stuff like that. And he becomes a big play for them and he maybe develops a bit more as a player. So Mm -hmm. you can see why they're interested. Um, But yeah, I'd be surprised if he ended up at Norwich. I think Mm -hmm. Blackpool's a more realistic target. He's from that area, isn't he? He's from Preston originally. Yeah, yeah. Remember. so that might be one that uh, interests him so uh, yeah interesting to see how he does there so, yeah, our feeling is that this is the game we can really have a go with them especially as they've probably still got players recovering from injury as well so we'll have to see I mean looking at their lineup last time out Mike um, when they beat Barrow 2-1 thanks to goals from Angle and Cook um, like you say it, it's quite a, I think the, the defence is actually quite strong when I look at it there you've got Frelkold Kelleher was um Wrexham last season, Paddy O'Connor and uh, Rydal. That's a that's a strong looking defence. Into I don't I don't know much about the lad from Wrexham, but the other three, mm. big physical lads. They're not lads who, you know, can get shrugged off the ball easily. You'd think. Yeah, you'd and think. Then, and you've got that base of Sonogo and Watt in midfield, and then you're sort of attacking three of Gilead, Cook, and Angle. I mean, Angle's more of a target man, so I'm surprised he's sort of playing as your sort of wide left. But I mean, I suppose it's quite similar to the way Coyote played for us last season, isn't it? In that sense that True. playing a target man, and you can target that person with the, the long balls. And having, you know, Charles Vernon on the bench, not even having to use him as a sub is you know, not not a bad situation to be in, I suppose, in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's the thing as well with, with their strikers. They've got sort of so many different kind of strikers. Yeah. You know, uh, and they're sort of, the, I mean... To be honest, they're all kind of big lads, but you know they've got so many. I feel like you could give us any one of their strikers, and I would love them to sort of come on for the last twenty minutes. Like, oh, to be honest, you're right. It, as a plan B, kind I mean, of thing. You, I think maybe they have too many plan Bs. That's their issue. 
I mean, looking at your strikers, really, are Cook, Angle and Robinson, aren't they? I think mm. the other ones are generally wide players. I think Lavery might play down the middle a little bit. But, I mean, any of those three are maybe Lavery. They'd probably start for us. Yeah. <laughs> the situation would. we're in mm. right now, they'd start for us. So that shows mm. you how much stronger they are than mm. us in terms of attackers. So, so there you go. Well, let's move on to United then, uh, Mike. Um, Injury-wise, Riley returned to action in the Peter Trophy against Harrogate. Um as did Mampala and Abrams, who were isolating before that, weren't they, due to COVID. So um, they're both back and available as well. So there's, there's three more players into the squad. Josh Dixon also returned to training this week. Um, so maybe he could potentially come onto the bench, possibly, instead of Ellis. I don't know. If, well, actually, in fact, probably not instead of Ellis now, because Senior's there, isn't he, I suppose? So, um, I think it's a, just a case of who's fit at the minute. Yeah, basically. As to who, who gets on the bench. I don't think we can leave anyone yeah. in the stand, can we? Yeah, still out uh, Clough, Alessandra, Toure and Jensen. Clough and Alessandra, I think, are both back running on the grass, aren't they? So they're maybe not too far away from action as well. Mm. Uh, Toure's out long-term for what we can gather. And Jensen, like I said, we're amazed if they don't announce he's gone back to, to Burnley in mm. the next few days, to be honest. Uh, makes sense, really. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of the lineup for this game and what you do, Mike, um, do you just stick with the team that beat Scunthorpe? Do you maybe look to try and get Joel Senior into the team? What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I mean, because Senior was on the bench the other night, wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll let, <laughs> it's very hard for me to call. I don't know where Senior will be. I think a lot will depend on who's fit at the minute, certainly. Uh, it's, 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 it's a tough one. I mean, yeah. may, maybe go with what we did against Scunthorpe and ease the sort of newer lads in a little bit. Yeah, I think I'd probably be more inclined to go with that at the moment. Um, mainly because, I mean, Fishburne's going to be more up to speed now. He's played, what, three games in a row now, I think? Yeah. Pretty much the full 90 minutes in the league games as well, including the half you know half a game in midweek against Harrogate. Um, a game where, uh, looking for the highlights, is the chance he had he should have taken. I still feel like once he gets a goal, he'll get a few for us. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. My, my worry is, the longer that goes on, the more difficult that becomes. And you mm. do wonder if you get to a point where you think, Let's get the lad out on loan in National League or National League North level to play some games, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think sometimes with a strike partnership, you, you've got sort of the, the goal scorer and the one alongside who, who does all the donkey work kind of thing. And I think if him and Mellish just sort of accept their roles and sort of say, right, Mellish, you're doing the donkey work. Yeah. That's, you know, and then get Fishburne in, in the positions to be scoring goals. Yeah, because they're both players capable of doing that, aren't they? We've seen from yeah. Fishburne from what we've seen of him. He, he, you know, he's a strong lad. He'll hold up the ball and he'll rough yeah, up yeah. centre-back as much as he can. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Um, can't think of anything else really to add on this game, is the mic really? Just just hoping we can, I, 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 you know, hope get a good result. Yeah. Uh, I think, certainly form-wise, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be backing us. Um, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Right, well, let's do the predictions now. Uh, this is the one that Dan sent in to us uh, before the recording today. I am going to go for a reinvigorated Carlisle to win a pulsating thriller 2 1. Uh, I'm going to go for goals from Fishburne and Omatoy off the bench. Oh, there you go. That's what he's going for. Mike, what are you going to go for? See, I was going to go two one as well. So yeah, I'll, st- I'll stick with that two one, and I'll go for Mellish and the fish. Oh, I was going to go for that as well. To be honest, <laughs> that's really annoying. Um, I'm going to go 
2-1 as well. But I'm going to go for the fish and McDonald to get 2-2. Two two. <laughs> He's going to find goal scoring form all of a sudden. That's what I'm going for. Lightning doesn't strike twice, you know. Or should I go for Gibson? No, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with what I said, McDonald. McDonald okay. is going to score. There you go. Um, um, before we go on to the X-Files, uh, we're doing a little new feature. We're going to do like a question of the week. So one of us is going to set a question for the other two. And we've got to try and guess the answer to it, basically. Um, so Dan has sent in this question to us this week because he's obviously not here. So let's see if we can work out the answer to this. Right. So here's my uh, first quiz question for the pair of years. The 2006 season... Saw Carlisle draw 1-1 with Bradford in a League Cup game at Brunton Park in the August. Carlisle won the shootout that followed 4-3. But which two players who played for Carlisle in the career both scored for Bradford in that shootout? Best of luck. Ooh. This is a tough one, this one. I, 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 he sent it earlier. He, he didn't mind us listening to this because we can't listen to the answer. You sent mm. that. And I was really struggling to, to recall because I mean I'm thinking I was thinking okay so it's someone who joined us afterwards and I thought well no he just said in their career he didn't say whether mm. they they went play for us before that or after. Now I know Paul Arnison went there but that was good two or three years after that wasn't it so it's not here. Yeah, I think Bridge Wilkinson played for Bradford around that time. Did we not sign him that summer? Or I imagined that we, we signed him uh, in like 2007. Oh, eight season. Okay, so we go Bridge Wilkinson for our first guess. Yeah. Yes, let's go for that because I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. I think he was there at that time. So Mark Bridge Wilkinson is one of them. Who else could they have one be? Oh, Jeff Smith had a spell there, didn't he? I don't think he was there then. I think he was at Port Vale by then. Mm, um, I'm genuinely struggling. Um, trying to think of a striker maybe who went there possibly. It wouldn't be Danny Graham. He didn't have time there. Um... Of course, you you had to leave the X Files off the uh, running order, didn't you, for this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Mate, I'm struggling with names here. I mean, this is this is tough. Um, I mean, it's more likely to be an attacker, isn't it? If we're putting a bit of logic onto this, it's going to well, be well. Uh, no, a penalty shootout. You still get you know defenders in the sort true, of first five. True. You know, um, wouldn't necessarily be a striker. Uh, right, going to have to try and figure names out. I mean, well, Jamie Dev had a loan spell there, didn't he? I think that was later, surely. Uh, Kadamachi was there, but I don't think Kadamachi would have been that early, would he? I'm, I'm sure Jamie Devitt. Would he be too young then, maybe? Yeah, I think that's yeah, too young. I think actually. he's too young, yeah. Too young to have been that one, isn't he? Uh, um, oh... This is <laughs> much tougher than I thought it was going to be, actually, this question. Yeah, especially the way that he's asked it as well. Yeah, he's worded it very interestingly. He's made it tough for us to actually think. Um, trying to think of the names that were there last time when we did the uh, preview one. and I mean, both... Ah, did Billy Painter not have a spell there? Ooh, that could be a shout. I think Billy Painter might be one of them. Are we going to go with Billy Billy yeah. Painter or... Well, oh, who's the one? I'm thinking off the top of my head. There's a couple more I'm trying to think of. Uh, Billy Painter. Jason Price had a spell there, but I think that might be a bit late, early for him there. I haven't got a clue, actually. Let's go Billy Painter. So we're going Mark yeah. Bridge Wilkinson and Billy Painter. Right. So let's see what the answer is. I hope you've all been playing along at home. Let's see what Dan's answer to this question is. 
And the answer to my question is, first up was Stephen Schumacher, who took the first <laughs> and scored, and Mark Bridge-Wilkinson hey. took the third and scored. There you go, 50% right. Yeah. Do you know what, Stephen Schumacher came in the head just as I pressed the answer button there, and I was like, oh, hang on, was he there at that time? Yeah, well, he's ah. you kind of forget he played for us, don't you? So, well, well, yeah, you do to be fair. But there you go. Yeah, you, good knowledge there, though, Mike. Well, well remembered that Mark Bridge will consider um, joined us the season after. I was convinced he signed under McDonald. I must be wrong. Yeah, well, so, it, I, I worked it out because I don't remember him wearing that kit that, that we had because he had the kit for two seasons. I don't remember him wearing that one, but I, wore him, I remember him wearing the toothpaste one. Absolutely right, spot on with that. To be fair. Um, Right, let's go for the X-Files, Mike, because it's a busy one before we finish up here. Um, obviously, we're covering all the games since before Christmas, basically, from, since Boxing Day onwards, essentially, and there's there's a lot to cover here. So, first up, Jerry Yates and Gary Medine. Let's talk about them. Um, they both scored in Blackpool's 3-2 defeat to Huddersfield on Boxing Day, but then Medine actually scored a penalty in the 1-0 win over Hull City on New Year's Day. So, relative success for them, too, over the Christmas period. Um, Ryan Loft... Scored twice in Scunthorpe's 3 1 win over Oldham Athletic on Boxing Day. There were his final goals for the club. More on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Bowman scored in Shrewsbury Town's 3 0 Boxing Day win at Fleetwood Town. He's having a really good season with them. Uh, another player's having a really good season with his club, Paddy Madden. He scored in Stockport County's 5 1 win uh, on, in a Boxing Day local derby against the Altrinum. Obviously, <laughs> Joel Senior would have been playing in that game, so he probably wouldn't have enjoyed <laughs> that too much. Um, he also scored in the 1-0 win at Solihull Moors a few days later. Uh, Stephen Rigg, he scored twice in Workington's 3-1 win at Kendall Town. Aaron Hayden scored in Wrexham's 2-0 win at Altrinum. They're really picking up at the moment, Wrexham, aren't they? Yeah, but they did, the corner. But they did suffer a defeat the other day against Notts County, didn't they? And they're one of the promotion rivals, so... Mm. There's a chance they may still be playing in the National League next season, the way it's going. Um, although, they, obviously, you get more chances in the National League because of the extended playoffs, don't you? So, that's one but thing. only one can go up, though. Automatically true, yeah. And only one goes up from the playoffs. So, yeah. six of them. Um, Angelo Balante is a player in the National League who scores a few. He scored the winner in the 1-0 uh, results over Aldershot Town for Dagenham and Redbridge. George Glendon scored in Chester's 2-2 draw with AFC Fylde. Kedwin Scott scored once again for Gateheads 3-1 Northeast Derby win over Darlington. Uh, Connor Thompson, he scored in another Northeast Derby uh, win for Blythe Spartans 3-1 over Spennymoor Town. Andy Cook, as we mentioned before, he scored in Bradford's 2-1 win at Barrow. Cole Stockton scored twice in a, an incredible game for Morecambe, winning 4-3 against Doncaster Rovers. Massive result that for them, isn't it? Doncaster an absolute mess this season. Mm. Looks like they're coming down, which I'm quite pleased about because I've never been to the Keep Mode Stadium, so it's <laughs> That'd be a nice one to be able to tick off. If, if Fleetwood could come down as well and we could play them in the league, that'd, that'd be, be lovely. Nice yeah. yeah, never one to tick off. Um, yes, where was I? Uh, Charlie Barnes, he was uh, sent off in Annan Athletics 1 1 draw with Stran Ra in the Border TV derby. Um, it's not much of a derby. If anyone's ever driven from Annan to Stran Ra, my God, that is a long drive. Um, Simon Grandy was sent off in Chester's 1 1 draw of AFC Telford. Uh, Ashley Nellerton scored twice in Crawley's 3-1 win over Colchester United. He's not scored for quite well, has he? So two mm. big goals for him, really, to get He's back in He's had a few injuries, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, let's save the worst till last, shall we? <laughs> uh, you know, our friend and uh, everyone else is Harry McCurdy. scored four goals in Swindon Town's 5-2 win over Northampton Town. I mean, 
He's got talent, the lad. He's just an absolute knob, I think it's fair yeah. to say. Well, he's, he made Team of the Week on FIFA Ultimate Team. And yeah. He, he, he was fuming that the picture that they have of him is in his Carlisle shirt. It's a Carlisle training kit, because at first I thought it was a Crew Alexandria uh, away shirt, because I knew he had a loan spell there, and I know he wasn't very popular at Crew, so I thought that's the one more likely <laughs> to be annoyed about. But no, it turns out he just he's just a spoiled brat at every club he's been to, bar Swindon <laughs> so far, and... It's only a matter of time, isn't it, really, before that all goes belly up but at it, some even point? then, though, I was reading some tweets from some Swindon fans and yeah. they're saying, like, I, I like, like, he's a good player, but I just don't like him. Yeah, he's, just, he's just not a likable person at times. He, mm. I don't think any... I've seen some Carlisle fans saying he's rubbish. He's not rubbish. He's a very no. good footballer. Yeah. Especially at this level. He's just got a real attitude problem. <laughs> That's where the, mm. the issues are. Uh, speaking of McCurdy and Madison, they were both named in the EFL League 2 Team of the Week alongside... Rod McDonald and Mark Howard, so well done to them. Uh, Ryan Loft, I mentioned up above there, that he uh, has left Scunthorpe. He signed for Bristol Rovers on a two-and-a-half-year deal for an undisclosed fee. Interesting move, this one, isn't it? I can understand why Scunthorpe had done it, because he's only got six months left in his contract. He's clearly made it very obvious he's not going to stay with them. Mm. You might as well cash in and get 50 grand from him, potentially reinvest that and get someone who wants to be there. It's a risk, it's a risk, but I understand totally why they've done it. But at the same time, you know, he he's been scoring goals for Scunthorpe this season, and you'd rather lose out on a transfer fee and have him leave on a free at the end of the season if he keeps you up. Your you problem you have is though, and I'm thinking back to Danny Graham when he was with his last season. The performances start to drop off. You've then got a bad egg in the dressing room potentially. True. That's the risk. That's where you've got to get a bit of balance there. And yet, as a manager, if a player doesn't want to be there, sometimes you just got to take the money and run, don't you? Really, mm. so. So there you go. Um, Chris Tw- Chris Twardek, remember him? He was uh, on loan from Millwall, was he, back in the day, I seem to remember? Um, he signed for Bohemians on a multi-year deal in the League of Ireland. It's his second spell with the club. He's uh, left Slovakian side FC Seneca, basically. Uh, FK Seneca, sorry, uh, this winter to move back to Ireland. Um, former defender Tom Wilson, it's an interesting one that Dan spotted. He's uh, turned up at the College of Charleston's um, men's soccer team in the USA. As a freshman, I never understand why more YTS players don't do this actually over there. Yeah. Because your chance to basically get paid to do your education, enjoy a bit of sun, play a bit of football. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's logical, really. Good luck. To, I mean, put it this way what would you rather be doing? Playing for Penrith at Burtley <laughs> in, the, in the Northern League or, you know, sunning it out in America yeah, for a well, few years? Well, Glenn Murray, he didn't do the whole university thing, but he swanned off to America and yeah, he, he sort of said that it helped make him. Wilmington Hammerheads, didn't he? I think yeah. he went to, just before he signed for us, actually, funny enough. Uh, and the final little bit of news, uh, Dean Henderson. He's one of several players reportedly keen to leave Manchester United who are on the fringes of the squad. I think um, Ralph Raniak, the new manager there, has said, hasn't he, that he won't be going out on loan in January. So the talk is he's going to try and force through a transfer, basically. Yeah, fingers which be, crossed. Which would, be, which would be lovely, wouldn't it, if you managed to do yeah. that? But <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that one. So that, that's the X-Files summed up there, Mike. And uh, that's it for this week, isn't it? Um, yeah. Thanks once again to our sponsors, the London branch. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, we've, because of this rearranged Bradford game, we've, we've and because Dan wasn't available this week, we've had to rearrange doing our State of the Club episode. We're going to have to basically wait till there's a week where we're, we've got no midweek game, because actually coming up, there's a few weeks where we're going to have them, out, isn't there? So obviously got the Hartlepool game coming up. Uh, that's been rearranged for the 18th, I think it is. And obviously the Sulphur games now rearranged for the 1st of February. So we've got quite a few episodes and probably mini episodes to fit in in that time. So 
we'll have yeah. to see what we can uh, we can get covered. But um, and obviously the Bradford game, but on the Saturday is put back our state of the club podcast. Yeah, yeah basically, again. essentially, that's like I said, that that's essentially where we are. But we're just gonna have to to wait and see with that one. But um. Hopefully, be some interesting developments over the next few weeks in terms of all that stuff. We, ne- we you never know; ne- never seems to be, but we live in hope. But there we go. That's that's our first episode of the new year done, Mike. Thanks once again for joining me. Thanks everyone for listening, and up the blues. Up the blues.